And I'll tell you one thing, holes are good, just so you know. Holes and breakage are good because without holes and breakage, there's no light coming through. Think about it in, a, in the sense of if, if you don't have misses and there's no opportunity for new things to come through. So you have to have breakdowns to have breakthroughs. Welcome to Jefferson Parish Pulse, powered by JEDCO, a podcast designed to showcase the businesses, organizations, and individuals that make up the heartbeat of the Jefferson Parish economy. I'm Kelsey Scram. Staffing agencies play an important role in bulking up our workforce. They help their clients find employees for many different kinds of jobs and services, temporary direct hire on-site services. If there is a need, a staffing agency can probably help fill it. And Metairie-based Delta Personnel is one of the leading staffing agencies in the greater New Orleans area. The business has been around since the late 1960s and they have built their brand around integrity, trust, reliability, accuracy, quality services, and investment in their employees. Delta Personnel has been recognized for its incredible company culture and focus on health and wellness over the years. At the helm of this dynamic business is Teresa Lawrence, a Cuban-born entrepreneur who came to the United States in 1973. Under her leadership, Delta Personnel has gained national recognition in the staffing industry. The business has been featured on the Inc. 5000 list of fastest growing companies and has won numerous awards from various organizations around the community and beyond. Teresa is deeply engaged with the local business community and serves on a number of boards, including the Jedco Board of Commissioners, where she represents the Women's Business Enterprise Council South. She also serves on the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, the Jefferson Parish Workforce Development Council, and so much more. She is a wealth of knowledge and an empathetic leader who believes in building up her employees and giving them the tools to succeed. On this episode, Teresa and I talk about how her family helped to shape her into the business owner she is today, the value of a strong company culture, and her best advice for entrepreneurs. She also talks about the pandemic and how it impacted her business and what she hopes to see as we move forward. This was an illuminating and inspiring conversation, and we hope you enjoy it. Well, Teresa, thank you so much for being on the show. We're so excited to have you. It's an honor to be invited. Thank you so much, Kelsey. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, I've been asking this question of everybody. The, f- the first question that I ask to people that come on the show these days is, how are you? How are your loved ones? How are your family and friends? You know, I, I know this it can be a very challenging time for folks. Well, to tell you the truth, um, we're presently very well. We're currently in great health. The business is moving forward. We have great partners in our community that have invested in our services and they're really uh, the true lifeline to our business. Family-wise, our family is very healthy and very blessed right now with having everybody in the same household. I'm sure you have heard a lot of millennials have moved back with their parents, Uh so (laughs) I I am not out of that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's nice to have everyone together. I mean, under unfortunate circumstances, of course, but I know my mom and dad always love whenever we're we're all at the same house. (laughs) So I do, I do so. Well, that's great. I'm so glad to hear that everyone is healthy, that you all are doing well. And we'll definitely get back to talking about your business and how your business has fared a little bit later on in the show. But first of all, for our listeners, can you tell us a little bit about Delta Personnel? What is it that your company does? 
Sure. We are a staffing company servicing this area since 1968. Um, the company was founded by my father-in-law. Uh, it is currently owned uh, 100% by myself. How did that connection took place? In 1988, I married David Lawrence, whose family owned and operated this business, which then was called Delta Temporaries. And in that same year, the business that I came into the family business, um, that same year, my father-in-law was diagnosed with Parkinson's. So um, David and I quit our jobs. I will actually work for New Orleans Magazine. And 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 my husband worked for a company called Medallic Art. Um, We both quit our business and uh, we didn't have formal training in staffing. Um, So we spent quite a few years trying to figure out how to run a business and get it, get a float. And I, I say a float because it was um, in, in, in deep debt at the time when we took it. Mm. Um, and we didn't know that because neither one of us w- were involved with the business. But um, this traumatic event really sharpened uh, our skills. We became the sole owners of, of a, a business that had been in the community for 20 years. Um, the community knew who we were. We just needed to take it and run with it. So he took the back of the business. I took the front of the business. I did the selling and marketing. And he did the accounting and payroll. That's that's the story. <laughs> I love that. I love that you you both uh, d- just kind of dropped everything because you knew there was a family member in need and ended up taking over this business. And and here it is, so many years later, that it's very successful. Yes, it's a it's a true family business. Everyone that we employ or have deep roots in this family and in this region. Our employees range from um, a short period of living in Louisiana uh, for five years and as long as all their lives. Um, so it's kind of cool to, to still have that culture ingrained in our, in our business as well. Now, how many employees do you have uh, right now? So in staff, we have 25 employees um, outsourced. In other words, uh, field employees that we have, uh, 670. Wow. Well, I want to hear a little bit about your story because you are originally from Cuba, correct? Yes, I am. In 1973, um, we were the last freedom flight to leave Cuba. Wow. Um, Yes, under the Nixon administration. um, We were um, a nucleus of five in our family. However, we only had four tickets to come to the U.S. Um, So uh, at the time of, of the airport, um, decision making. My father said to my mother, "Go ahead and take the kids, and I'll follow." And then um, my mother, my grandmother, my brother, and I got in the plane, and then uh, arrived to Miami. Catholic Charities bought us the four tickets to wow. fly. To is that crazy? And I now sit on that board, which is extremely crazy. That the Catholic is- Charities have afforded us the the, the 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 four plane tickets to come to New Orleans. Why we came to New Orleans? Because because my father was a Frenchman, and he told my mother, uh, Americans don't like uh, people with accents. They don't uh, acclimate them very well. So you, you need to take them to a place where they can possibly speak French. And, uh, and, 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 uh, and that sounds a little like Spanish. So, so my mother um, took that, you know, with heart, and we came to New Orleans, Louisiana. And I've been here ever since. And um, no one in your family spoke English? No, no one, no one in our family spoke English. English is not a language that that was uh, in the seventies. Remember, this is the uh, Vietnam War. This is when 
um, all, all is going upside down at, at the time. Uh, but English was not a language that was taught in Cuba. And so coming here with zero English, ground zero, <laughs> nothing. To tell you the truth, all the stories that I would probably tell you revolve around her. She was so strong and like, you know, we could never ever imagine the life that we will have. But my mother will say, it's an adventure. It's a leap of faith. It's it's new beginnings, you know. And so we will always, every day we'd say, when we're going back to Cuba? And my mother would say, no, that's behind us, you know. Mm. Um, always look ahead. She was always inspiring us to make our own mark, not, you know, depend on anybody to do that for us. Um, but we learned English here. The, the nuns took us in and uh, we learned how to speak English. Uh, my favorite job in my whole world was uh, being a receptionist at the Mathis Group Architecture Firm, where I sharpened my English and I was able to say um, chocolate chips, not chocolate chips which is what I used to say. So, but anyway, I'm sorry, Kelsey, I, I, I digressed. No, I mean, it, your story is extraordinary. I, I, I think it is just so incredible that your family came here and that you were able to, to build this, this life for yourself in, in this city, in this community. And now you have this this business that has really become a leader in, in the, the staffing world. And I just, I mean, it's, it's an extraordinary journey to get, you know, from, from where you were to where you are today. I, I, I think it's an important component of, of who you are. And we definitely want to hear that on this show. So I, I want to talk a little bit about how, how it makes you feel to be able to say, you know, I, I came here, I've built this business and, you know, it kind of is the American dream in a way. For most of my part, uh, I guess for most of my life, I learned that working extremely hard usually paid off. That was the ethics that we grew up with. Uh, if you work hard, great things of value will come your way. That was more of, 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 a, um, of, of a mission, you know, more like that. I have to prove to my family that I would do well especially for my father to let us go and, and, and set us here. So the pride of who we were um, in, in, the, in the Spanish culture, the men always lead the house. And so having my mother lead the house and I'm a woman and grandma was, a, you know, another, uh, my, my brother had a task to overcome himself because he was fighting with all his women. But, <laughs> but, but the most important thing, I think that, um, I think that the most valuable lesson I think that I, that I learned owning a business um, and becoming who I am today is that working hard doesn't always mean being in the trenches and working the ground, if you know what I mean. But I think it means working on the business and leading a business. Um, I look at my mother leading the household. I look at my grandmother leading us to see possibilities and within us not looking at the negative of, of what was currently happened, not speaking English, living on food stamps. Uh, our rent, by the way, was $85 a month, but then milk was 99 cents then, so it, it made a difference. But we lived in Jefferson. We lived okay. in uh, 422 Avenue A, Marrero. We found a, 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 a duplex rental, and, and that's where we live. Um, the nuns at Immaculate Conception took us in, the Salesian sisters, so that's how I learned English, and 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 we were blessed with with people trying to help us. That was 
you know, we were an oddity. They hadn't seen Cubans. <laughs> they had, Cubans were, were probably not very well known. And so, so we took advantage of that and, and took advantage of the night classes um, that uh, uh, West Jefferson was teaching uh, for, for immigrants at the time. So we would walk to, to West Jefferson and, and go to the night classes, my mother, my grandmother, my brother and I, aside from going to school. I bought groceries at Ragusa's IGA um, for a very long time. I went to work at Winn-Dixie on, on the West Bank. Learning how to speak English was super important, mm -hmm. but, but, the, but the drive was there. You, you're gonna do better, you're gonna get better, you've gotta invest in yourself. Investing in yourself at, at, at an older age, people will look back at my grandmother and say, why do you want to learn how to speak English? And because in those days, she was 65. Wow. And, and she would say, no, because I have to be better. I have to be better, not just for myself, but for the people that are following. My children and grandchildren need to know that there's a drive to succeed. Don't sit and wait, run and go get it. That is incredible. I, <laughs> I'm i so inspired by this. I mean, your story is just in incredible and it sounds like your your grandmother and your mother and, and your father too were amazing people. I mean, your dad put you on that airplane. Did He, he wasn't able to join you guys in America? No. Um, so f dad still was a French citizen. Um, so he told mama that he was, uh, he said, I, I can figure out a way to get out of the country, but you guys need to get out of here um, and, and, and get ahead and get and get the kids moving forward. And so um, he was a, still had his French uh, citizenship. So he thought that that was going to be uh, his ticket out. My father, uh, and I started to tell you, was hung in Cuba in 1977. Oh my goodness. Um, and so if you know anything about a communist country, there's very limited connection, you know, uh, the last time I talked to Dad was um, was that February fifth is when we had to leave our house. So I didn't I didn't talk to him uh, after that. He was very uh, very interested in in the changes of the world. He was always reading and trying to figure out what what was changing outside of of Cuba because very little was known what was happening outside. We knew there was a war, um, but very little. Uh, he instilled in my brother and I to keep researching and searching. Don't just take that like the first words that you hear. He says, question it, troubleshoot it, make sure that you're getting to the bottom line of the truth of that matters that's going to affect you at the, at the long run. So um, he was a very strong, uh, wonderful human being, but uh, he didn't, he, he was unable to make it, but uh, just an incredible family, I, I can say. Oh, absolutely. Well, that is, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that you all, all weren't able to come back together, but I'm sure he would be so proud to see what you've built today and what you and your husband have built together. And, you know, I, I just, I think it's incredible. And, and Kelsey, you know, it, it really takes a village to drive growth and ignite change. As an immigrant and, a, and as a Latina and a business owner, I can never forget where I came from. And I will never take for granted the opportunities that this America has afforded for me. It's, it's those things that I think sometimes um, Americans that were born here sometimes forget what it's like to come from um, a place where you don't have a voice, a place where you don't uh, have an opportunity to make changes happen. And um, where voices come together, because you see in a communist country, it's very scary to, to organize. So you can't even go to church because that's another place where you could organize. God. So all of those things um, 
religion, all of that has changed. You know, you don't have that freedom to to do things like that. To um, you know, you're constantly being watched. Here in America, you have the freedom to to really just desire your future. You you, you know, investing in yourself, and and then see that that investment come to fruition. I probably have to tell you that's that's the most valuable thing that has ever happened to me in my life. I, again, I keep saying this, but it is inspiring um, to hear just your take on, you know, coming to this country from another country and, and what you brought with you and, and what you've gained since coming here too. It's just, it's incredible. I do want to talk a little bit about Delta personnel and some of the things that really set Delta personnel apart. And I think a, a big piece of that is probably just your own experiences that you've brought to that company. So what are some of the things that you think really sets Delta personnel apart from other staffing agencies, you know, around the region? I think to truly explain to you that Delta is, is not a company, it's the people that make the company. The name is just a brand. The actual Delta is the people, the, the amazing strength, commitment, and the skills that they bring to the table. They're solution finders. Um, even even our staff, even our, our 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 hospitality staff is 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 ingrained. Uh, it's in their blood to be New Orleanians. It's it's they're proud of who they are. Um, our value internally is what we bring to our clients solution wise. Our value externally is is the brand that they see of the people that we place in jobs and and how they succeed and grow up in those careers and how they become managers and how they themselves have put themselves in business. You know, we have employees that have opened their own marketing businesses and their own um, technology businesses and things like that. And that to me is pride. If I'm a stepping stone to our employees of where they need to be, then I have accomplished what Delta is about. That is Wonderful. And uh, I, I really do. I see it. I mean, I've seen it firsthand. You know, we've invited your team to speak at some of our Prosper Jefferson events in the past, and I've met some of them through through various events. Um, and they've talked about leadership and wellness. You've You've spoken at our Prosper Jefferson seminars as well. And I think one of the things that I love so much about about Delta personnel is just this focus on company culture and making sure that your employees have the tools that they need to exceed, um, but also to stay happy in that company. So can, can you talk a little bit about why it is so important to have a strong company culture and to take care of your employees? Empowerment may be a very loose and overused word, but in our, in our culture, in our Delta, what it means is you have to show me what you have and can do because if I tell you what to do and show you constantly the way that I need you to do it my way, then I'm never going to have you as a showpiece of where you think we could change our outcomes. I don't know if that makes sense. A lot of the times uh, micromanaging um, hinders a company because if I hire you for the talent that you bring to this table, then I have to support that. I have to be a advocate of your strength, not positioning you to only do and say what I do. So when they come to us with these great ideas, when they come to us with what they think 
could possibly bring more energy to the table, more insight, more, uh, you know, uniqueness of who we are, we listen. And we, you know, and we pay heed to what they say, you know, uh, we want, we want to, we want to, we want to get this a team to lose 10 pounds. I don't know. This is how it starts. It's sure. simple as that. And I said, okay, I'm in. What are we going to do? Let's, let's get it together. I'm in, I'm into the 10 pounds. But those 10 pounds became a valuable time for us to get together. And what it did is, uh, they would like they would take they'll call to arms. You got to come do your 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 crunch. You got to do your power up. Fifteen <laughs> minutes of power. And I'm telling you, Kelsey, you know I'm an old woman. I can't lie to you. But I had to lay on the floor and touch my knees uh, to to as close to my chin as I could and try to rock myself out. And then I I ate some power shakes that they came up with and um, all the chips and dip went away. We have a a, a, a huge nutrition value behind what we do and. And, um, and it's funny because uh, that little tiny wellness team that we created became company-wide uh, where they started walking and marking their, their steps and, and everybody was tracking what they were doing. And, but you know what that became? That became a community of, of action. That became a moment of sharing. That became a, a moment where they come together and actually do something for the good of themselves mm -hmm. but that culture is what they do for the client so that's spilled outside because they come together to take care of the problems that are outside mm -hmm. so everything that you can possibly um, do for your business to incorporate part of your culture that outpours to to the receivers of, uh, uh, on the outside of your business and that's what people see they they see a happy crew <laughs> I, I love them I love them to death you can tell. I mean, it's just so clear that you can tell how much you care about your employees, that you want them to be happy, that you want them to be successful. I mean, it is, it's so clear just in the way that you talk about them and also in the way that you talk about your company. I mean, it is, it, you can just kind of like feel that passion and appreciation vibrating off of you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, well, I want to also talk about your engagement in the community because you're so engaged uh, with the Jefferson with Jefferson Parish in Greater New Orleans. You're part of the um, women's group in New Orleans, the Hispanic Chamber, the Jefferson Chamber, JEDCO. The list seems to go on and on. Catholic Charities, as you mentioned. Can you talk about the importance of community engagement and how it furthers the success of your business? Well, you can't help a community if you're not part of the community and understand what it is that they're missing or what it is that you can provide as a solution finder for them. Sometimes, you know, even parents, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you what I, what I talked about with my team, and it, because, you know, they always say, Teresa, you're so busy with everything else, what, what the heck, you know? So I say to them, so let's just say you have a school teacher and a parent talking about a child that's having problems. Now, my first question is, did, did anybody meet with the child to figure out what the disconnection is before we tried to figure out the problem? So you can't figure out a problem if you're not listening to who's suffering the problem. What are they going through? What's the disconnect? Why is it not performing the way it should be? Uh, what are we missing to, to, to make sure that, 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 that the dots connect? So I've said it many times, and I'm going to say it again. You can't network a community. You have to net-weave the community, just like relationships. You have to build a net that doesn't break, ropes that tie together. So when you go down, I'm going down with you. But when you're rising, I'm rising with you. And if we anchor ourselves together, you know, all these 
different boards or different groups that you belong to, all of them have probably the same problems. Um, you know, it could be a, a workforce that's not educated. It could be engaging a, a, an employee that's having, um, you know, problems with mental issues as well as physical issues, you know, what's going on with the changes. So if, if you're not there to be a part of the listening group that needs to pay heed to how to take the t next step, then, then you can't just belong to one thing. You've got to bring them all together. Mm -hmm. I still think with just one community. Um, and I'll tell you one thing. Holes are good, just so you know. Holes and breakage are good. Because without holes and breakage, there's no light coming through. Think about it in, a, in the sense of, if, if you don't have misses, then there's no opportunity for new things to come through. So you have to have breakdowns to have breakthroughs. It uh, doesn't mean one organization is better than the other, or one is failing and one is succeeding, or one is, each of them is addressing a situation that needs to be addressed, not one better than the other. But, but when those organizations break a little bit of a window that lets a crack come through, and they start working together, and they start coming together. They're helping the whole entire community, not just what the organizations they have within them. That is an excellent um, analogy. I think that is amazing. <laughs> That's so smart and thoughtful. I, I want to talk to you about your time with JEDCO, because you serve on the, the Board of Commissioners. We've been so lucky to have you for, for a number of years, and you've been a wonderful voice for the business community as part of, of our organization. Um, can you talk a little bit about your experience with, with JEDCO? And, and I'm going to tell you that um, blessed by Weedback South, Fela Meyer, uh, to allow me to represent that group uh, in, in, in JEDCO. Never in a, in a million years would I have been uh, thought to be uh, with this honor to be a part of, of JETCO. JETCO blows me away because they're not your day-to-day -day operation. They are the visionaries of what the community of Jefferson, and not just Jefferson. I hate to just say Jefferson because they're so futuristic is the word I want to say. The vision doesn't just have... Uh, you know, the collaboration of, of the Jefferson Parish, it is the collaboration of all parishes and how we can help each other and learn from each other and bring best practices to the table. Mm -hmm. I love that the uh, JETCO has, from business owners to, to the political an angles to the connections of what can we do for the community so that community can grow. Uh, the ability to, to provide cash flow into the community. I mean, that's just to take that and run with it and, 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 and create uh, a wellness, a sustainable future for businesses that otherwise Kelsey would have never had the chance because they, don't, they didn't qualify for certain things. They didn't meet the criteria. They connect the dots as in terms of this company needs that, they're looking for this, and this is how we're going to go about and make it happen. Having technology at, at the cusp of, 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 of the growth of a community. That took, it just, so I can go on about, about this a whole, a whole lot. Um, Jerry's amazing. Um, I, I, I don't know if he sleeps, I guess. I don't know if he ever sleeps. I, I, <laughs> I the wonder way, myself. <laughs> speed of light, you know? Um, 
But then he surrounds himself with strong community leaders that have a purpose, that are not just a name on that board. They're there to really be the monitors of growth. They want to see it. They want the success. They want it just as much as, as he does. So, you know, I, I'm blown away with, with, with what this group is about. And, and that's the truth. Because they don't care just one side of the business piece. They, they care about both sides. Mm-hmm. Making Jefferson beautiful and, and, and building Terry Parkway again to, to, to what it used to be. What I remember when I came from Cuba. Mm-hmm. That was the exclusive part of, 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 uh, of Terrytown. And man, that's revitalizing again. And you see businesses going up. And you see the beauty of, of the houses being uh, refurbished. And um, just all of, all of that. The interest, if yeah. you will. The interest. Yeah, it really is. It's, it, you know, I mean, I've, I've been with Jedco about eight, eight and a half years now, which like time just flies. I feel like I just started yesterday and then I look at the time and I'm like, oh, I've been here quite a while, but it is such an incredible organization. And my favorite, I mean, my job is just to tell those stories and, and talk about, you know, the role that we play in, in supporting the business community. And it is it is a true pleasure to be able to to share that story because you're you're so right. There are so many different things that Jedco does, and the people on our staff and our, our commissioners are just truly so dedicated to this business community and and doing what is right for the future of Jefferson Parish. It is it, it is a joy. I mean, I feel like there's there are not a lot of people, or maybe there are. I mean, I'm sure that there are lots of people who love their jobs and can say that they get up every day and get to do something that really makes an impact, but I really do get to see our impact. It's it's wonderful to be able to to watch something that we've envisioned come to life and and be implemented in the community. It's it's incredible. Our our team of people on our staff are just uh, really really great. <laughs> they really are. You're very blessed with that. Absolutely. Truly. Well, I want to switch gears here a little bit and just talk about COVID. How has Delta personnel been impacted by the pandemic? At the beginning, it was very uh, harsh. How's that? I think we have been able to 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 see the light at the end of the tunnel, and by that I mean, when this actually happened, ninety uh, percent of my business is in hospitality. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, so when we first got hit, it was impactful. Uh, my staff was um, a little little disheartened. I want to say it like that. It was they were heartbroken. What what are we going to do? How how are we going to do this? And the first thing that we did is that said, well, let's help the people that helped us to get where we are. So we took it upon ourselves to call, make individual calls, making sure that they knew how to apply for unemployment. A lot of them, uh, and you know, some of them up in age had not done that, and some of them very young had not done that. So we taught them how to. Um, go to the website, what they needed to do, have a conversation. We also have a Hispanic workforce. So having uh, that in Spanish, making sure that they understood right through that and letting them know that we were here for whatever was necessary. What did we, you know, what did, what, what have we not done for them yet that we could do now? Um, stayed in touch with them, uh, made it a point that we divided all the list and made phone calls, not just emails or we wanted to hear their voice and hear what they were concerned about. Children, you know, how are their children? How are they managing? What else could we do for them? Um, started figuring out that those customer service skills that they have, what can we apply them to? 
What um, what else was there that they could do, um, you know, that we could possibly put them in touch with? Um, one of the things that we discovered was um, that call centers are, are good, a good place for, for hospitality people because they're used to listening and providing instructions. Um, they're used to listening to what the clients want. So they're always smiling. That's a, that's a natural for them. They, they, uh, they're good listeners. In other words, you can tell a story to them and they'll listen to you. And then given instructions back, you know, we would say, now we're going to do this and that because a lot of the, a lot of the convention staff and has to give a lot of instructions. So we started figuring out what, what was that we could do to connect the dots on that end. So we started with that small piece, Kelsey, and then we started building up to the clients. So we became an arm to the clients of important things such as how to, how to follow through with a PPP loan. Mm -hmm. So we started having uh, presentations on our websites uh, about that. We started giving a daily newsletter of what was happening around them, trying to keep them connected and centered. Mm -hmm. um, nothing centers you more than information because at least you have some control of what's going on. So we made it our business to start providing information. Pretty soon, uh, we started thinking about how do we help our, our nonprofit community people um, that we engage every day. So one of my, my favorites uh, was, of course, the Hispanic Chamber. I, I went to them first and offer our help and, and how we wanted to help them. And Maida said, you know, I, I, we don't have the means to help our community right now. And I said, Maida, you know, what, what about if we develop a, uh, you know, Workforce Heroes program? And she ran with it and took it. And we started connecting people that otherwise would have not been able to have jobs in those places because of not having the skills. But then trying them out, uh, I would say pretty much, I want to say 90 or 100% of the people that we introduce in these, uh, in these uh, opportunities now are gainfully employed, fully employed by, the, by those uh, employers. So we, we, we didn't want the employers to take the risk. We took the risk. We cover them and say, just try them out. Try mm -hmm. them out. And little by little, those connections took place. I think that we're, uh, you know, when you, you, when you want to go to the prom and you don't have a boy that asks you to, to go and you just, oh, my God, how is that? And then all of a sudden, one comes along and says, would you like to go to the prom with me, Kelsey? And then you say yes. And then two days later, the one that you really wanted to go with asks you and you're like, oh, well, and then the third day down the line, another boy comes along because your cousin said they need another day. So what I'm saying is once you get asked one time, then the others come in. So we got asked with an opportunity um, to work uh, in Lafayette and we uh, took a leap of faith and, uh, and ran with it. And now we are in Lafayette, Lake Charles, Baton Rouge, wow. areas that we never had opportunities before. We're there now. So there you go. I think just spreading good news um, about what's available brings you back good news to your business. I love to hear stories like this where it's, you know, there's there's challenges in there and you figure out ways to overcome them. And of course, the, the prom analogy <laughs> is really on point. So that is that is great. I love it. Um, people don't think like that, but they do. All of a sudden, everybody's coming at you and like, oh my gosh, now I really need uh, my workforce to come together. <laughs> I love it. It's so fantastic. What is the best advice that you have for entrepreneurs who might want to start their own business 
or who have maybe already started their business and are working to, to grow their business. I mean, you, you have been leading a company for many years and, and you've grown this company um, quite a bit. So I, I just think it's always nice for our listeners to have some, a lot of our listeners are, are entrepreneurs or starting their own businesses. And I think this kind of guidance is always really helpful for them. The best advice that I, that I can offer is be present, show up. You have organizations such as JETCO, uh, such as the Jefferson Chamber, such as GNO Inc., you, the, the, the New Orleans Chamber, you have the Black Chamber, you have all these organizations, uh, Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Businesses, all these organizations that come together and work very hard for an event for you to show up, for you to have a golden key to grow your business, to start your business, to think and, and recalculate whether or not you're at the right entry point or not. All these events are important. This is, these are the events where you create relationships. This is the events where, where an opportunity uh, to meet uh, other business owners and other potential business owners come together. You are potentially meeting the ambassadors of your business. You don't even have to hire staff. Just show up to these businesses, to these events, Zoom meetings, meet people. And as you're learning about them, they're learning about you. You are planting relationship seeds that will eventually grow and be harvested. The magic of your business growth lies within each of these amazing hearts and souls that you need just by showing up. Be present. That is fantastic advice. I absolutely love that. Um, I, I also want to ask you, Jedco has launched a campaign called the Spend Local JP campaign, and it is focused on encouraging residents to spend their dollars locally, but also encouraging businesses to build their partnerships locally and, and support local. Can you talk about the importance of, of local support and just spending your dollars locally and what that means to the community? When Katrina happened, I, um, I was in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I transported people day in and day out until I got tired of seeing that. And I realized all the money that these people are making here was being spent in Baton Rouge. How am I going to ever going to go to my coffee shop and how I'm going to get my cleaners to open if I'm not putting the money right back? If I get a check, I have to spend it in this Walmart, in this Walgreens, in this, uh, and I say community because that was the only thing that was open. But then you started having uh, the restaurants like uh, the Shimmy Shack open. I went to the Shimmy Shack almost every every day because I wanted another one to open. I mean, I, I was like, no, these people have got to open because I was tired of the drive between New Orleans and Baton Rouge. It took me a year to come back, but it did not take me a year to employ the locals. So the locals here, I made them, I made them my business to find the zip code to where they live. So that way I started saying, okay, I, this is where you live. I'm going to find the Ace Hardware that's close by you. I'm going to, I'm going to figure out how I can make that money stay here so the flow will come right out of that if we are not conscientiously buying local and please don't misunderstand me i i know the internet buying is, is an amazing thing but the locals also have 
internet buy. Mm -hmm. So if you're not able to go to the shop, buy it through, it is, it is vital to our community to buy from your neighbor, to buy from that zip code. You gotta sustain that 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 little coffee shop that that's trying so hard to hold on to you. You gotta hold on to them. You know, you, when you throw in a life a lifesaver, you gotta know that there's somebody on the other side pulling you in. Spending local is the only way we're going to grow out of this. And I don't want to call it negative because in every negative there's a positive. This is forcing us to look at our neighbors, to spend time with our neighbor, to walk the neighborhood, to pay heed to the school areas where your children are. You start smiling and laughing again. Buy from your local bicycle shop. You, you have no idea how far and beyond those local owners go to make sure that they can earn your business. This is, this is the tax dollars that will work to make sure that we continue to live where you are, where we are, and where we're going to be together for the next years to come. Spending local is the key to our success. That will be our success story. Teresa, that is so beautifully said. I have so enjoyed speaking with you. I, I feel like we could just talk for hours. I mean, you've got such a lovely story and so much to say, and you're a wealth of knowledge. Um, am I, is there anything that you'd like to share that I didn't ask? today no i i'm i'm thrilled to be i'm thrilled to be on the show uh of the podcast i'm thrilled that you thought of me enough to ask me i just uh i just want the people to to come together you know kelsey i and i'm a very centered woman because i follow the person who made me and i call him the person because um to me without him i'm nothing i have no path to walk i have no clarity in my life Mm -hmm. um, if I don't center myself, I wish that people would step back a little bit and, and see the goodness that it's really happening. The time that you're spending looking at your business so you can take your next step. Sometimes when you work so hard, you don't have time to do that. Sometimes when you're in and out of the house, you don't have time to look and see what the kids are doing and how you can um, spend some time to, to have a conversation. Take this time to to embrace it, and it's it's such a valuable time. How many times in your life are you ever gonna have a moment where you can actually think in silence? And I just wish people would see that and, and, and kind of see clarity behind um, the quiet times that we're having. That's really what I wish. Um, and take time, you know, it's, we value it uh, so little, but yet we're always asking for more. Mm -hmm. um, now you have it, use it. I think that is probably the most beautiful way to end this show. <laughs> There's a lot <laughs> for people to think about and to take with them and hopefully as they're listening to the show while they're driving or making dinner or wherever they listen to their shows that they will just you know take a moment to really reflect on your words because it's so truly, and I think you're, you're spot on right there. So. Um, Teresa, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your incredibly busy schedule to be on the show. Um, it has been an absolute delight. Thank you so much for your time. I, I very much appreciate it. And thank you for what Super. you do at Jedco. We are grateful for your wisdom and insight, and um, we're so lucky to have you on the board. I'm very honored to be um, a part of that, and I'm very honored to 
have this conversation with you. I hope you have a great afternoon. Thank you. You too. A special thanks to Teresa for taking time out of her busy schedule to be on the show. We will share links to Delta personnel on our podcast section of our website. That's jedco.org. Podcasts can be found in the newsroom on our site. As we continue in phase three, Jedco is here to help businesses navigate through the COVID-19 pandemic. We have valuable resources and information on our website. We've also launched the Spend Local JP campaign to encourage residents to spend their dollars locally. We have a great site with many different ways to elevate our small local businesses. You can find our COVID-19 resources, our Spend Local page, information about our financing opportunities, and much more at jedco.org. If this is your first time tuning into the show, there are plenty more episodes where this one came from. Our episodes are released on Thursdays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you stream your favorite podcasts. If you like our show, feel free to leave us a rating or a review. Those reviews help others find our show and listen in. We share links to all of our episodes on our social media platforms. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Jedco underscore news and on Facebook at Jefferson Parish Economic Development. Again, you can also visit our website at jedco.org. If you have feedback about the show or if you'd like to recommend a guest, please email me at kscram at jedco.org. I absolutely love to hear from you. As always, thank you so much for listening. See you back here next week.